Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Say contagious. We could never become a contagious church until we first learned to be a courageous church. There was something about the early believers that, that caused them to become contagious. How did the early followers of Jesus become so contagious? How did these men that at one time were hiding out in fear, all of a sudden, like a match, ignite everything and everyone else around them? You know, as I take a look at the early church and I see what, what took place, you ever see on, on, how many are on social media? You notice that every so often something really dumb becomes viral. It's like, it's a cat playing a piano. That every, and there's like four million hits on a cat playing a piano or something. It's, there, there are things that you look at and you're like, this makes no sense. Yet, even, what was that, that dance years of Gangnam Style? Where the, the guy's dancing and he's, uh, all of a sudden, it's, it's viral. Everyone, I look at these things like, really, what has our society become? The early church became viral. If they had, if we had social media with the early church, they would have become viral. They would have been on every platform. They would have been on late night television. They would have been on, on the news because what they did was so crazy. How did they do it? Why did they do it? And what blows me away is this, as you turn your Bibles with me to the book of Acts, as you're turning there, their leader was executed, Jesus. Culture opposed them. The religious community resented them. And all momentum was lost when Jesus was killed. The early church should have never, someone say never, never. should have never survived their beginning. They should have never gotten to the point where they became contagious. They should have ended at that moment when Jesus died. And even after Jesus rose again, they went back to fishing. They didn't understand what it meant when Jesus rose from the dead. And it was like, hey, great, he rose from the dead. But then where do we go from here? He's still not with us on every, every moment of this day. And so everything pointed for the momentum of the church to cease. But then something happened. Acts chapter, Acts chapter uh, 2, starting in verse 1. When you're there, say amen. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all, someone say all, with one accord, say one accord, and in one place, say one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, be contagious. You may be seated. Hopefully you aren't contagious. <laughs> Normally contagious is a bad word. And for you go to the doctor, the first thing they find out if you have a virus is we want to find out, are you contagious? The early church was contagious. There was something about them that was catchy. 
When we look at contagious, we're going to talk in from this concept. Uh, contagious means uh, of emotion or feeling or attitude likely to spread or to affect others. When we talk about being contagious, we talk about the, this, this momentum, this, the, this uh, wave, this magnet, that magnetism, this ability to draw people in, this ability to duplicate. When we talk about being contagious, we talk about, uh, I don't know if you've, have you ever gone to a, to a uh, sporting arena and you weren't even a fan of any of the teams that were participating, but you went because you were invited. And when you go there, all of a sudden, the environment or the atmosphere draws you in. Before you know it, a team that you didn't even care about, you're screaming at the top of your lungs and you're, you're, you're emotionally involved. You're, 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 you're shouting out and you're like, no, no, I, I'm pulling for these guys all of a sudden. Something that you cared nothing about, now all of a sudden you're invested in. Environments have a way of pulling us in. And this is what took place in the early church, that like a match, they became contagious. They went viral. And last week I shared with you that the first thing that caused them to become contagious was the fact that it was evident they had been with Jesus. That when people looked at these ordinary men, they could tell that there was something different about them. I want to know, is there evidence that you've been with Jesus? Or is it more evidence that you've been on uh, MTV or you've been listening to this kind of music or that? That Whoever you hang out with, you become. And there's evidence that who we hang out with is that we begin to act like, look like, talk like, and those become our values. I can tell who you are based on the company that you keep. And before you know it, what we invest in, we become like. And the early church, <coughs> excuse me. First John, you don't have to turn there. First John, this is what the Apostle John says when he talks about Jesus. He says, we proclaim to you the one that existed from the beginning, the one whom we've seen and heard. We saw him with our own eyes. Someone say own eyes. We touched him with our own hands and he is the word of life. He goes on in verse three, he says, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard that you may have fellowship with us. What I love what John was saying is this. I'm not telling you a story I heard. I'm not telling you something I read in a book. See, this is a problem with the church today. All we're talking about is stories that we've read in a book, but we've never experienced it with our own hands or seen it with our own eyes. It's not until you are a firsthand witness of who God is will you be able to be a great witness of who God, what God can do. Amen. And if we otherwise the church, all we become is that we gather on Sunday mornings and become story time. And we talk about a time that was instead of a time that is. Come on, say it again, Pastor. I don't want to be a storyteller. I don't want to be known as a good, good night, one, one of those once upon a time. And they lived happily ever after. Hey, Pastor, you're a great preacher. I don't want to be a great storyteller. I want to be one that opens up the Word of God to where you can begin to walk in the pages of the Word of God. Where the Word of God is something that's alive in you on a daily basis. That church isn't a place that you go. Church is who you are. Come on, somebody. So the early church, the thing that was evident, what, what caused them to be contagious is there was evidence that they had been with Jesus, that they had seen Jesus, that they had walked with Jesus. 
second thing I want you to see about a contagious people is this, is that they were united. Someone say united. Now, we just read this when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Pentecost is a, is a holiday that the Jewish people celebrate that's 50 days. Someone say 50. 50 days after Passover. When did Jesus die? Based on Jewish holiday. Passover. We call it Easter, but it was Passover. See, Jesus said this. He goes, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. So when he dies on Passover, Passover was a time where the children of Israel are leaving Egypt. They would kill a perfect lamb, put the blood on the doorpost of the house and on the lintel. And when the angel of death came, it would pass over. Someone say Passover. Pass over the house where the blood of the lamb was on it. Now, all these years later, the perfect lamb, the son of God, dies, becomes our perfect Passover sacrifice. And when we accept Christ, the blood of the lamb is put on our doorpost of our heart. That when the angel of death or calamity or sin tries to come to attack us, when it sees the blood on our homes, it has to pass over you. You're not catching this. Everything that Jesus did was a fulfillment of what the Jews looked forward to, what they celebrated. So now 50 days after that, they celebrated what they called harvest, first fruits. And it's on the first fruits on the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit's poured out upon those in the upper room. But, but this, this blows me away. Check this out. Everyone say they were in unity. This is the problem. According to the book of Acts, 500 people saw him ascend. How many? How many are in the upper room in Acts chapter 2? How many? How many? 120. Someone do the math for me. Where's the other 380? As Jesus is ascending, he tells them in Acts 1.8, go and tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise from the Father. He tells them this, he goes, and you shall receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. In other words, go and wait. Not wait for speaking in tongues, but wait for the promise of the Father. 500, see him go up. And between the point of him ascending and them getting to the upper room, how many disappear? What happened to them? We get it. Because life happens to us. I don't know how many of the 500 initially made it to the upper room. But I guarantee you this, they all started off with the right attitude they had, they, had, they had the right intention I'm going just, just saw Jesus leave and the angel says this men of Galilee why do you go start, stand here gazing up this same Jesus the same way he, return, yeah. he left is going to return someday so in other words the angels are like get going 
Go obey. And so their, their, their heart wants to obey. But then, oh, man, I got to get the kids to school. Oh, you know what? I got to get to work on Monday. But th- this was awesome. But you know what, man? I, I just bought an investment property, and I got to go check on that investment. You know, I just started a business, and I got, I got. And so they all had the right intention. But life starts pulling on you. And all of a sudden, the 500 that left seeing Jesus ascend, only 120 are there 10 days later when God shows up. Why? Because we could all be in the same place but not be in the same mind. Heck, some of y'all right now are already checking scores. You're not even here right now. Some of y'all are wondering what, you know, is, we, we got to get going because I, I got a, a, an event happening after church. Pastor, can you get this rolling? Come on, pray for us. You know, get, get this done so we can get our blessing. We can get on. See, you're, some of you are here, but you're not here. I mean, you're, you're, you're here physically. But your mind is so, and that's one of the things with, the, with electronics today. You can be sitting in a room, but you could be in a totally different place. You imagine, I, I think if it had been today, and Jesus told us to go wait in the upper room, we'd be, we'd be lucky if 1.2 people were there in 50 days. Everyone would have been on their, on their social media. I got places to go. I got work. I got school. I got this. And there's so many things that are pulling at us. But I want you to see what takes place. Only 120 end up there. And when the right 120, when the, they, they, what, they are all there. Everyone say all. It says when they were all in one place. That word all in the Greek is all. Every. Everyone. Everything. To the fullest. Greatest. All. Totality. Lacking nothing. That word is used over 1,200 times in the New Testament. All. That means I'm not, not, not lacking anything. Everything that is in me is focused in on this moment. The reason I'm here. Everything about me. All 120 had gathered together with singular of mind. Singular of purpose. They came together. See, when we come together as an all, no one lagging behind. When we come together in one accord, someone say one accord. When they were all together in one accord, the Bible says this, that word one accord means together in common agreement, common mind, and common purpose. See, we could be in one place but not be there for the same reason. Our political views, they, they, they fracture us. Our, our, our skin color fractures us. Our, 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 even our economic brackets, they fracture us because someone doesn't know. Oh, you, oh, you're driving a Mercedes. And, oh, look at, look at who, you, who you think you are. We, we got issues with one another. We got issues when someone gets blessed. We got issues with someone when they got, they got a blessing that goes on in their life. Like somehow if someone gets blessed... That means there's not enough in heaven for me to get mine. Oh, shoot, man. They got, a, they got a promotion. Like there's only one promotion in heaven? Pastor Matt and I and Pastor Nick, we went, we, when we first started together, we would, our offices were here on the east side. And we would go to Red Robin for lunch. And I remember one time ordering. Uh, we were sitting there at, at lunch ordering. I said, yeah, I'll take the bonsai with a turkey patty and Swiss cheese and uh, no mayo, and Pastor Matt looks at me and goes, oh, man, 
I was going to get that. I said, what? He goes, man, I was going to get that. I said, bro, I know they got more than one patty back there. You can get whatever you want. In, in our lives, we get into this mentality that there's only one blessing out there. Oh, you're getting married? Oh, man, I'm never going to get married now. You found that one lady that's out there. You found the only husband that's out there. You found the only good man. It's time to understand that God has more than enough to meet your need. They were all in one accord, common agreement, common purpose in one place. That means together with the same purpose in mind, same place, same time. I want you to understand, church, there is power in agreement. Say it again, pastor. There is power in agreement. You see, what makes a one football team better than another isn't the fact that it's just the better players. It's the fact that everyone has buy-in. Everyone is together. Everyone does their job. Everyone understands their place that they have in, the, in, the, in that place. As a church, you got to understand that you have a role to play. And if you don't show up, if you don't do your role, everyone else is affected. We have to come together for a common purpose, a common reason, a common function. Unity creates environment. Somebody say amen. amen. When people come together, impossible things can happen. Unity. When you come together in a marriage, husband and wife have the same purpose. See a family coming together, a business coming together, working with like minds, a school coming together, a community coming together, a project trying to build something or trying to make something happen, a church coming together or coming together against social issues, whether it be, uh, you know, whether it be crime, whether it be gangs, whether it be addictions, when we come together to bring change or when we come together to build something, look what the word of God says in Genesis chapter 11, verse six, God looks down at, at the earth and he sees right after the flood that all all the people came together and said, let's build a tower that reaches to the sky so that if God tries to wipe us out again, we can survive. This is, this is God speaking to himself. He said, look, the people are, are what? They all speak the same language. But when, when we talk about same language, here it literally means language, but when we as a church speak the same language, language of love, community, purpose, after this, nothing, someone say nothing, they set out to do will be impossible for them. When, when a husband and wife come together and, and issues are trying to divide that marriage, when you come together in unity, nothing's impossible for you. When a family comes together to get out of financial crisis or addiction or in a, a storm going through their lives, when you come together in unity, common place, common purpose, nothing, someone say nothing, 
shall be impossible for you. When a church comes together and when they gather with one place and one mind and one unity, one purpose, then nothing shall be impossible for them. It's all about coming together. It's all about being there for the same purpose, speaking the same language, coming together for the same purpose that we at Christian Worship Center love God, love people, change the world. You do not come to a church because you enjoy the music. You don't partner with the church because you enjoy the preaching. You connect with the vision. You connect with the purpose. You connect with the heart. Because if all you are here for is because you enjoy Troy's voice, you are missing out and you're pulling away from us the ability to come together. I don't know if you're catching this. Why do you come to CWC? Well, it's closer to my house. It's not about convenience. It's about vision. Partnership. And people that were traveling all the way from Tracy. Me and my family were driving in from Manteca. We got a Young lady drove in this morning from Hollister. You, got, you, you partner not with convenience. You partner with vision, purpose. See, uh, let, me, let me fix something here, okay? Unity doesn't mean agreement. Say it again, Pastor. Unity doesn't mean that we agree on everything. But, well, you know what? Pastor's conservative. I'm liberal. I can't go to that church. It's not what... It's not about our political views. Well, you know, my family's been Republican, and I think pastor might be Democrat, and I, I'm, I don't know if I can connect with that. I just don't have an ability to... It's not about our political affiliations. Well, pastor was born on the east side, and... Uh, you know, I, was, uh, I went to Willow Glen, and I'm from a different community. It's not even based on where you were born. He's Mexican-Puerto Rican. I can't go to a church led by a Mexican-Puerto Rican. My skin's darker. My skin's lighter. I got, it has nothing to do with skin color. It has to do with purpose. Purpose. Unity. Unity of, doesn't mean we agree because we're not going to agree on some things. You might not like the certain kind of foods I do. You might not like certain kind of things. You might not like the kind of music I do. You might not like some of the things I do to, to hang out. But the reality is unity doesn't mean agreement on anything. It means agreement on purpose. That we can put aside differences and come together for a purpose. What am I talking about? Listen closely. Unity, unity focuses in on a common purpose, motive that unifies us and makes unified action possible. Let, let me read that again. Unity focuses in on, on a common purpose and a motive that unites us and makes unified action possible. 
possible. It's about us coming together and agreeing on one thing and then saying, you know what? We're going to come together so that we can come together in unity so that it's not just one finger coming against us. It's a whole hand coming against that crisis, against that issue, so we can make a greater impact. It's about coming together. It's about purpose. In America, I want you to understand it. I'm, I'm getting ready to close, so stay with me here. Amen? I want you to understand that some of the biggest, the, the greatest times in our history have usually come after some of our most trying times. When do you, when do you believe America has ever come together greater in one place and one accord? Right after 9-11. Didn't give, give a rip if you were independent, Green Party, Republican, Democrat. We came together because we, as a people, whether you live in California or whether you were involved in the, in the, the World Trade Center towers when it was happening, we all felt violated when that took place. And we came together as a nation. We come together after hurricanes, after, after crisis, after storms, after earthquakes, after terrorism. We come together as, in a common purpose to try to not just survive, but to thrive through those things. And the early followers of Jesus united after their master was killed, rose again, and he told them to go wait. And they go and wait. And look, look at verse 3 and 4 of Acts chapter 2. Worship team, if you could help me. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I want it for those of you that are Baptist background, for those of you that, that don't come from a Pentecostal background and are starting to check out at this moment, that are freaking out about this moment, I want you to understand, stop worrying about the tongue. I know people that speak in tongues that gossip just as much. It's not about the tongue. It's about the infilling. Yeah, come on. It's about the presence of God. And I want you to understand something. What made them contagious, everyone say contagious. What made them contagious wasn't the fact that they spoke in tongues. It was the fact that they had come together and the power of God showed up when that unity showed up. And they were in the same place with the same mind. And that unity created an environment for God to show up. What would happen if we could come together as one body, if we can come together and as one family when someone's sick, when someone's in a crisis and create an atmosphere where God could show up and cancer be gone and someone be broken from addiction that we come together for a common purpose instead of man is he done yet I got, we, we, need to, we need to get going we got an appointment after this we got they were together for 10 days waiting for God to show up we get antsy after 10 minutes and what, 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 what's amazing about this as I close is this. When the Spirit of God fell on the 120 in the upper room, follow me on this. This is important. If you miss anything else, don't miss this. When the Holy Spirit fell, it dwelt inside of them. Throughout the whole Old Testament, Moses would have killed to have this experience. 
And yet Moses talked to God face to face as a man would talk to a friend. But he never experienced this experience. Joseph had this incredible mind to be able to, to foresee what was going to ha happen economically and prepare his nation as the prime minister for this, this economic blessing and then this economic crash. And through this, the, the, the strategies that God gave him, he prepared that nation. God spoke to him in those dreams, gave him the information, the wisdom. Yet not even Joseph experienced this experience. Daniel, the man with an excellent spirit, the one that God gave wisdom to and what was going to happen in governments and generations from now about how the Babylonians would fall, the Medan Persians would rise up and then the, the Grecian government would rise up and then Rome would eventually show up. He saw all of that before it even happened. Not even he had this experience. Samson, great strength, taking city gates off their hinges and carrying them into the mountains. Only experienced the power of God on him, but never in him. Oh, you're, 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 not, you're not catching this right now. On. On. In. In. We've been coming to church week after week. Pastor, pray for me. Oh, that worship was good. Oh, man, that word just really, really it's going to help me get through this week. Ooh, did you feel the presence of God in church today? That was amazing. But we still walk out. still walk out empty that's why you feel good when you're here but the moment you get in the car all hell breaks out again in the car with the family with the struggles God sent Emmanuel God with us but he sent the Holy Spirit to become God in us of the Holy Spirit turned these cowering, scared, fragile men that were hiding out in fear of being killed by the same people that crucified their master to just 50 days later, Peter standing in front of a mob that says, men of, men of Judah, these men are not drunk as you suppose they're drunk they're just not drunk with wine they've been hitting the bottle called the Holy Spirit 
and the Spirit of God is filling them right now. What you're seeing right now is an outpouring of the Spirit of God over their lives. And all of a sudden, this man that was scared to death is standing boldly. It's saying the very man that you crucified, the giver of life, Jesus, that you nailed to a tree, God raised him from the dead. And it's only through that name shall you be saved. In one message, 3,000 people accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior said, I want to be a follower of Jesus. Because something happens when God no longer just falls on you. That's the problem. You've had enough God on you. We've had enough God on us to last us a lifetime. You've, had, you've been around enough soaking services. You've been around, uh, around enough worship services. You've listened to Caleb. You've, wa you've listened to uh, watch YouTube videos of worship. You've seen enough of God, but it's about time that you opened up your heart and allow the presence of God not just to dwell on you, but dwell in you, that we would begin to say, God, don't welcome into this place. Welcome into this place. I make room for you this morning. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. They got filled with the presence of God. There was a boldness. They went viral. They got attention, even with them not wanting attention. They, they were attractive. And unfortunately, today's church isn't attractive, it's repellent. We've become more known for backbiting and gossip. It's been said that the church is the only army that kills its wounded. Oh, let us find out about a minister that fell. There is no one no more unforgiving than the church. We, we will pub publicly, we'll go crazy publicizing their fall. We'll go on Facebook, we'll go on Instagram, we'll go on Twitter, and we'll call out that man of God, that woman of God that went through that fall, and we'll, we'll just talk about just how, how, how God needs to judge them. Why? Because we have God on us, not in us. It's time that we get known for what we're for, not what we're against. And start promoting love. Start promoting God's grace. I may not agree with your lifestyle. I might not even agree with your direction in life. I might not agree with the things that you put into your body. But you know what? I'll let God sort that out in your life. Because the more of God I get into me, the less of other things I need. Why do you smoke weed? Well, I just like the feeling it gives me. Stuff with the alcohol because I just like the buzz every so often. I just need to take the edge off. Take that meth because it just gives me the, the energy. I'm always tired. It just gives me the ability to, 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 to go on. Get God in you. Get God in you. You'll have all the energy you need. And you'll get to keep your teeth. 
It's time to get God in us. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.